What's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. I was gone for a minute, but I'm back now. It has indeed been a long minute for us over here. Uh, we actually recorded an episode about a month ago, um, and again, we were dealing with some audio issues, so we had to scrap it. Uh, the following week, I decided to actually take a solo dolo road trip, you know, halfway across the country uh, to get home to surprise my guy Ryan, our guy Ryan, for his birthday, uh, along with the rest of my fam. What was the what, what was the drive like for you? How to go? I made that drive by myself a couple of times. I know how rough it can be, but but how was the experience for you driving solo for the first time? Yeah, so you know, on the way there, I, I did a straight shot all the way there. It took me about twenty seven hours. I did try and stop at a rest stop. It was you know not very uh, functional. I, I had a little bed in the back of my car. For those of you guys who know me, I drive a pretty small car, so it was less than comfortable. I think I closed my eyes for about twenty thirty. I don't know minutes. Uh, and then I, I got up and I was like, yeah, this isn't even worth it. Let's just get back on the road. So, you know, the way there definitely was not a good time. On the way home, I did stop and get a hotel uh, in Albuquerque. It's a little bit past halfway. Uh, splitting the drive up definitely makes it a lot easier. But, yeah, I mean, it was not a great time to say the least. Yeah, I sympathize. That sounds almost exactly like my trip out there when I was trying to make it for the July. I stopped for all of maybe 40 minutes and I was just like, yeah, this sucks. I also drove a small car back then. I was like, this is not going to work. So just kept it moving. So I definitely feel... It's uh, obviously great to have you back and getting back in the swing of things. So let's uh, let's jump on in. Uh, why don't we start off with the women's NCAA tournament, with the winners being the Stanford Cardinals. Uh, we got to watch like the last half of that game. It was a really exciting finish. I think uh, you know we watched the final four and the finals. All three of the games were pretty darn close. Yeah, I was hoping we'd get to see uh, Paige Booker's and the uh, UConn Huskies take them on in the championship game, but. As we watched, I, we watched basically towards the tail end of the the championship game, and Arizona was was no joke. I mean, like I said, I, I wish we could have saw UConn and Page, but this Arizona team was was nothing to you know reckon with. Yeah, I agree, and I know one girl that you you were shouting out, uh, you know, before before the finals or, or, or the final four was Paige Buckers. Uh, she was the first freshman to win the AP Player of the Year. Um, you you put her on to me, you know, kind of recently. I had no idea she got buckets, but man, can she get buckets? Beating every dude in this household. In oh, a hundred percent. That actually was a, a little topic that was discussed around the house. One of one of the three roommates wasn't on board, uh, thinking that they he could take her out. I'm gonna, you know, hard disagree. I love basketball. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I love basketball, and I like to think I'm good at it. But man, it, it, Paige is is something different. And, you know, when the controversy between women and men's basketball collides, I, I really think Paige can kind of be the player to begin to change some people's minds. Uh, like you like you alluded to, I definitely think she's taking everyone in this house. I think she's taking the majority of casual basketball players. And someone I think in the NBA she's taking out is, is no other than Corey Joe. I know uh, <laughs> the, pod and, the pod knows I have an issue with Corey Joe and his lack of ability to play basketball. But I think Paige can actually compete with, you know, some of the NBA guys, and, and I definitely think she's uh, could be, you know, someone to, you know, change the game, be a trendsetter. Yeah, I mean, I know the last time we kind of heard this debate was when it was Brittany Griner said she could beat DeMarcus Cousins. I definitely think that was, you know, an outlandish claim at the time. DeMarcus Cousins was, you know, a top 10 uh, NBA player. But I agree, man, especially because she is only a freshman and the way she gets buckets and the way she can play. You know, I don't think you're too far off with your claim at all. 
So due to the NCAA rules for women's basketball, Paige will actually have to spend the next three years in college before being able to move pro into the WNBA. Uh, where we're at today, 2021, man, three years is a long time away. We're looking at 2024. Could she be the first women's basketball player to, you know, test it out, test the waters out and see what an NBA, uh, you know, advancement would look like? Um, I'll be honest. I could see like maybe maybe put it out there with the G League or have her do some preseason. But to see her signing a contract, you know, for for an NBA roster during the regular season, I unfortunately don't see it. Do I think maybe three years from now, you know, the steps I mentioned could possibly happen? I could see it, but but I definitely don't see three years from now she's in the NBA or playing a regular season NBA game. Yeah, I mean, it will definitely be a big jump. Uh, and I know a lot of people are kind of afraid to even show that jump solely because they're afraid of, of what can happen. It kind of takes me back to uh, my high school days when we were playing the alumni game. And uh majority of our team was not going to be able to play because they advanced in the football playoffs and our coach came in and was, was saying like, Oh, I don't know how long I'm going to let you guys play because he was afraid we were going to get embarrassed by the, the alumni. So I, I think a little part of that is, you know, fear from the, from the women's side and, and people who own WNBA teams is like that a woman's going to go out there and just get completely annihilated. And it's really going to look, you know, degrading for them, but we'll never know. And until like in the alumni game, we'll, we'll never know until, you know, we kind of see the product and see what's out there. We ended up, absolutely destroying the alumni and who knows I, I would love to see what Paige can do uh, against some of these top men so I think it's definitely something to be looked at and in three years I, I think it might be something that we at least see yeah I can agree I, I'm definitely a big fan of uh, moving the needle towards change uh, obviously you know I, I would love to see WNBA get more recognition maybe that's what it's going to take for those women to get the recognition they definitely deserve yeah so let's go ahead and hop into the men's side of the bracket uh, obviously, the championship game is today, Monday. Um, Baylor versus Gonzaga. Why don't you go ahead and talk about Baylor real quick? Yeah, Baylor, best record of the Big 12. They did not win the Big 12 championship, but it really didn't matter with their season. They were a number one seed going in. Handily beat Hartford, Wisconsin, Villanova, Arkansas, and Houston. Uh, you know, they didn't really have too much trouble moving through everyone going to the finals. Not terribly surprised with their performance going in. Yeah, I know they have Donovan Mitchell uh, in disguise <laughs> playing for them. I believe it's Damian Mitchell or something like that. Uh, the joke is, is he looks like him, plays like him, same height, same skill set. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to go be tough for Gonzaga moving in this championship game playing a uh, NBA All-Star. But, um, yeah, on the other end of the ball, Gonzaga, undefeated thus far. Um, they're looking to be the eighth team ever to go undefeated and win the title. Um, I think the last team we have it here was 1975-76 Hoosiers team. And if you know my take on basketball, if it ain't in the last you know 20 years, I really don't count it because I think the talent is transcending and completely different from back then. No disrespect to the old heads, no disrespect to that version of basketball because at that time you're, you're playing competition at your level. But if you want to say, you know, the, the average talent today is nothing like the average talent was back then. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I can agree fully. Um, definitely total respect to the Hoosiers 75, 76. But if Gonzaga can do it this year, uh, it would be it would be a feat that I think you couldn't really compare to to any of the other seven for sure. Yeah. So in the final four game against UCLA, shout out to UCLA as well. 11 seed had a play in game to get into the tournament. And it's just absolutely dominated some of the top seeds in this tournament thus far. Uh, it was down to the wire. OT. 
Um, 80, 83 seconds left, ball inbound in a Jalen Suggs. He takes it up to the court and, a, you know, right inside half court, heaves it up at the buzzer, banks it in for three. I mean, this kid's going to be, you know, a lottery pick. We knew that before the tournament. He was an amazing high school player last year. So, I mean, no surprise, but these are the shots that we love to see in the tournament. And it's, you know, something that really shows that this kid is all about getting those last second shots. He's got the gene. It's clear. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what Jalen Suggs does next year in the uh, NBA. But I'm also excited to see him uh, tonight in the championship game. I I got Gonzaga going undefeated. I got them winning it all. And I think it's going to have to come on the back of some big buckets from Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I'm going to go on the other end. I'm going to go with Baylor. Uh, I think top to bottom, uh, I think the Big 12 is a better conference than the one Gonzaga's in. Uh, and I think they've played better teams throughout the whole season. So I'm going to go with Baylor getting the dub, ending Gonzaga's perfect record. Yeah, if there's a team to do it, I definitely think it is, you know, the Donovan Mitchell Baylor Bears uh, or Bruins. What are they? Baylor, Baylor Bruins? Bruins. Bruins. That's the Bears. Same, same thing. Either way. Same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, Bruin is a bear. I believe it is a female bear, uh, if anyone was curious. But, yes. Uh, I could see it. I mean, if, if it is a team to do, it is the Donovan Mitchell Baylor team. So I, I can absolutely see it. I would love to see Gonzaga win it all, though. Um, shout, out to, shout out to the Zags. I know my dad's been a fan. I believe that's where his brother actually played baseball. Uh, and then he went on to play a little bit professionally. But shout out Gonzaga. I definitely think they're going to win it all this year. But it's going to be a great game. And, and like we've seen so far in the, the tail end of this tournament, there's been a lot of great finishes. So I think tonight, uh, tonight it's going to be a, a great game. I agree. Well, we got one sport that we're talking about ending, but another one has just begun with MLB opening up this week. Tom, you know, last time we talked about baseball, we're talking about your Dodgers winning the World Series. Are you still you still got that high? Still got that oh, excitement? Yeah. Now I'm, the baseball's background, your I'm, team's a, champions. I'm absolutely still riding the high. I'm not even ready to hop back into the season yet. I feel like it wasn't long enough away for me to you know enjoy it. But the Dodgers will be on top again. We've got arguably the best roster in baseball. You know, I, I'm. I would not be surprised if we're right there again. So I'm not too worried about it. But yeah, I'm. I'm definitely still ecstatic. And uh, one of the big news that that came out was that the MLB was deciding to move the All Star Game out of Atlanta after a law was passed that restricted voting rights and access to residents in the state. Uh, for me personally, I think that's a pretty big move for the MLB. Obviously, they've been one of the the sports and organizations that haven't really been on the forefront of change and movement, unlike the NBA and all that they've done. Uh, so I was surprised by it. I don't know how you felt when you, when you heard and saw the news. Yeah. I mean, I know Manfred catch Manfred catches some slack and uh, you know, some of his decisions in the past, like how he treated the Houston Astros situation of cheating and other things have been heavily flawed. But man, I really respect the hell out of this decision in particular. Like you said, this is a, a change moving decision right here. And, and I think this kind of puts them, you know, right behind the NBA as far as making these changes that, that are going to enhance the world that we live in. Uh, and my, my thought is, why would you bring millions and millions of dollars into a city that is, you know, continuing to try and suppress its minorities? Uh, you know, it is 2021. We're looking to make change. And I think this is a big step for baseball. Yeah, I agree. We'll have to keep a look at with obviously the All-Star Games coming up in a few months on where they do decide to move it. We'll have to update you guys when that story breaks. Yeah, so that's actually all the baseball we have for you. I know it was opening week. Maybe you're looking for a little bit more, uh, but it's going to be a long, 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 long season as it seems like baseball just is every day, all day uh, for the next couple months. So we'll definitely be talking about some more baseball uh, moving forward, but that's all we got for you today. All right, Tom, I got a topic from you, kind of borrowed from Jalen Jacoby, 
But uh, I got a few topics over the week that we've missed, and you tell me if you want to dive into it further or you want to set out on the topic. Sounds good to me. Let's get it going. Why don't we start with Oral Roberts and all the craziness they were able to do this March Madness. I'm going to be honest, man. I never heard of Oral Roberts before this season. Uh, shout out to them. Wish they could have gotten to the Elite Eight, but I'm going to have to sit this one out. Okay. Okay. How about – and this one's, this one's a personal story, but how about Ryan – our guy, who you went to visit, is no longer able to golf at a certain golf course in Anchor Bay. So I actually have an update on the story. We'll give you the little bit of the rundown. Uh, so, you know, it's it's his girlfriend's uh, family's tradition. They go out to Anchor Bay, they camp, and there's a, a golf trip that all the all the guys get out to. I believe they try and stay on par with about a beer, a hole, or something, some, some madness. Uh, and, you know, I, there was some incident on the course. A cart was... To let's say destroyed, you know, I think destroyed is fair. Uh, and Ryan was told that he was not going to be able to return to the golf course. But an update I got actually earlier today from a phone call with Ryan. This sounds like Woj in the middle. <laughs> yeah, he's on, he's on live TV and gets a phone call. It's like breaking news. Yeah, hold on. Ryan's calling me. Yeah, Ryan. So what's up? Yeah, so uh, Ryan actually let me know that uh, he went into the, the clubhouse and the head guy there. They had a conversation. Ryan was extremely honest with what happened. Uh, he was apologetic. He paid for the damages, and they did say that Ryan was going to be able to return next year. So, burn, burn, burn. Burn, 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 burn. So, one year ban. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to have to break up with Emma because uh, he'll be there next year golfing it up. Excited for him, happy for him. Uh, it sounds like he had a crazy round of golf. So, it definitely seemed like a great time. I'm happy he was able to get out there and enjoy it this year. That is great to hear. Great to hear. Next story. Uh, some DMs or, or tweets, messages came out. A KD versus Michael Rappaport. I mean, let's be honest, man. <laughs> Nobody likes Michael Rappaport. But then on the other end, how many people like KD? I mean, he, you know, he's a snake for a reason. Cupcake. He is a cupcake <laughs> for a reason. Uh, some of the messages that KD was sending to Michael Rappaport were, you know, crossing some lines. We cannot quote them on the pod. <laughs> they are that vulgar. If you are curious, just look it up. He said some pretty weird shit, and I'm not surprised. KD is a weird guy. If you've seen some of his deleted uh, tweets before about uh, wanting to drink drink Scarlett Johansson's bath water. And, like, listen, man, we're all allowed to have our fetishes. We don't kink shame here on the pod. But, man, what what are you doing, KD? And what are you saying to him? I believe the fine was only 50K, and, you know, that's chump change to him. But, man, uh, he was threatening him, calling him names, telling him to meet him. They was going to beat his ass. He was going to spit in his face. And, oh, KD was – he was angry. Michael Rapport definitely got under his skin. Uh, I thought it was kind of jokes because I remember I had seen an ad uh, a couple days earlier of Michael Rapport and KD like kind of having some banter. But it's clearly that they're not friends. They do not get along. And, and you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see because this isn't all we're going to see from the two of them. I agree. Why don't we move on to another one? Aaron Rodgers being a celebrity host all week on Jeopardy. Yeah, so I'm going to sit this one out. I really don't give a damn about Aaron Rodgers. One of the greatest ever dude at the quarterback position. Celebrity host on Jeopardy. Couldn't give a fuck. Gary, if you feel like you want to have something to say about Aaron Rodgers, you feel free. Nah, man. I figured I was just going to give you some random topics. I just know that, you know, he was on the show uh, and and he said he's been studying, doing some film breakdown for for his week-long hosting of Jeopardy. But I thought it was just going to be funny. I wanted to see what you might say. But uh, for our last topic, how about people who play uh, at the park who, who are playing hoops? And the fact that they are always worse than they think they are. Always worse. Than yeah, we could talk about this one. I, I think that's very factual. It might even be the most factual statement I've ever heard come out of your mouth. A lot of a lot of weird random stuff comes out of your mouth. This one I can get behind. 
Uh, we've been playing park basketball every Saturday uh, out at a park by our house. Uh, our other roommate, Thomas, he's been kind of organizing it and trying to get some good ballers out there. Sadly, in the area, we have not come across the best ballers. Obviously, there's a couple out there that can definitely hoop, but I really, I really agree with this statement. I mean, what do you think, Gary? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say, uh, you know, anyone who's visited Texas, it, it usually is pretty windy. Uh, and, and it's kind of a constant win. So when you're playing outside, it definitely adds an element. It makes it a little bit harder. But, I mean, most dudes think they're nice, and they're not nice, man. Yeah, it's definitely pretty funny. People think because they were able to play freshman basketball 10 years ago that, like, they still got it, and they don't got it. Most of them aren't in shape. Most of them, you know, just just – I don't know, man. They watch too much basketball and think they can do it too. Yeah, my, my favorite thing from this Saturday of hooping was, you know, I, I had been missing a couple of weeks because I was out of town. So there's a lot of guys that I hadn't seen before. Uh, Thomas was like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so be captains. I was actually the last pick. I'm not saying – I got picked before him, guys. If, you, if y'all know me, I'm the Dennis Rodman of pickup basketball for a reason. Uh, no offense whatsoever, rebounds and, and defense, and I got picked before this guy. Yeah, I think it was just the, you know – White, skinny. I had the crazy long hair. They were probably like, this dude can't even catch a basketball. Literally, they know. The other guys, actually, there was actually one dude who legitimately couldn't catch a basketball. But He you fell know, over. No, no, no hate to him. I appreciate him for coming out there. He obviously they lost in a race. <laughs> he was talking smack. I was trying to race this kid who may be five feet tall, and he lost. It was, it was something, man. It was yeah. something. Uh, for sure. But, you know, shout out to everyone who does come out there because you do need 10 to run fives. So whoever we can get out there, we'll, we'll get them out there. And it was definitely a good time. And I'm looking forward to, you know, the Saturdays to come. I agree. I agree. So why don't we move on some, from dudes who think they can play basketball to some people who can really play basketball? Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Bucks signing Drew Holiday to a four-year $160 million. Cha-ching! That's big money for a guy like Drew. You love to see him get it because he is actually a class hack. He's one of probably the best human beings in the NBA. Uh, so now the Bucks have Giannis Middleton and Holiday locked in for the long term. Garrett, what are your thoughts on this move for that by by the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, I mean they've definitely doubled, if not tripled, down on um, you know what they're doing for years to come. Obviously, I do think they need a couple smaller pieces to win a championship. Obviously, you're gonna have to run through Brooklyn, who signed everyone and their grandmother who could possibly play basketball. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you're going to need some guys to want to come there during the off season. I think when you, when you see a guy who, who, who might want to come and say, Hey, I know I'm going to have these three around me. If I sign a year deal or a two year deal, uh, it makes them a little bit more desirable of a spot to go, but I don't know, man, I, I think my thoughts are still, it's either the Nets or Lakers, but moving forward, they definitely have some great pieces. Just need to add a, one or two things to be able to win a chip. Yeah, my thing is I just don't think Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday are the, you know, the Batman or the Robin to, to Giannis's Batman. And I know last podcast, I believe that we recorded, I said that Giannis cannot win a championship as the best player as long as he doesn't have a jump shot. So I think that stands true. Neither Middleton or Holiday are better than Giannis, but if Giannis can't develop a consistent jump shot and a three-point shot, this Bucks team with these three cannot win a championship. So – Man, it's just tough. I, 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 I'm going to have to uh, agree with you with, with Giannis's game being a little one-sided. Obviously, he's very dominant what he does in the regular season. But as we've seen in the playoffs, defenses get better, schemes get better. Uh, and I agree they're definitely going to need either to build a lot of shooters around him or get this man in the gym shooting some threes. So, 
uh, at a consistent clip. Yeah, and you know, one one counter I've had I've, as I've made this point at the park or to my friends is, you know, Shaq was able to do it. And to that, I say Shaq had a Robin or maybe even a Batman and Kobe Bryant for, for those two years back to back. And then you want to go look at his other title with Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade was playing, you know, out of his mind, one of the best players in the league. So you cannot dominate at one aspect of the game and expect to carry a team to a championship. You need someone at that same caliber or better. So unless Giannis can, you know, revolutionize his game and add a jumper and add a consistent shot into it, I do not see him being able to lead the team. So why don't we move on to a different team? I mentioned it in, in my two choices. Why don't we move into the Lakers? Obviously, uh, AD's been out for quite a while. LeBron looks like he's made out two to possibly three months. They are definitely been struggling without those two guys. I'm not really surprised. Uh, I don't know if you've been at all, if there's anything you've seen that's kind of stuck out to you about this team without those two guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the significance of either of their injuries at this point. AD's been out damn near the whole season, and I know they're pop, like we've said earlier, like they should be really precautionary with AD. Uh, I haven't seen any timetable for the return for either of them, which is a bit spooky, but that also means, you know, in a couple weeks we could see, oh, been evaluated and then start to get a, you know, a timetable. And that doesn't mean that the timetable is going to be months away or it could be a couple weeks. So it's, they're definitely struggling right now. They did get Andre Drummond uh, from the buyout market. That's huge for them. As long as he can stay healthy, he's going to bring some good post uh, presence, let AD play the four, which is what he wants to play. That's big for them. I mean, the biggest question is how far are the Lakers going to slip in the standings before they get LeBron and AD back? Currently, they're 31-19 and and in fifth place. You've got to keep in mind that seventh to 10th place will have to play in for the playoffs. Yeah, um, I don't have off the top of my head how far they are above seventh. Um, You know, unless for some reason LeBron is out up until the playoffs start, I don't see him falling that far. Um, and I mean, obviously, even if they did, I see them obviously advancing, but that's just kind of putting more games and more wear and tear on LeBron, who uh, I- I'm assuming would rather play less games as he possibly can. But I-, I don't see them falling out of the top six personally, unless LeBron is just out until the playoffs start. Yeah, I mean, like like I've said this whole time, the Lakers season is definitely going to depend on their health right now. They're struggling with health. So as long as these guys are able to get back, uh, I don't think the playoffs will be an issue, but I can definitely see them slip into that seven spot. Uh, you have Luca Magic on the up and coming. You've got Damian Lillard, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, up and coming. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's teams that are going to make their little push to, you know, leapfrog over them. But we'll see if they can hold on to at least that sixth spot before they get LeBron or AD back. Yeah, why don't we jump, jump over to the East uh, and, and who I said was the second half of, of really the two championship teams in the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, there's a ton we get into. Blake Griffin signing, LaMarcus Aldridge signing. Um, which one of those two do you think makes Brooklyn better? I mean, both of them. I, I, I can't give you a, a singular thing. I think getting both of them is huge for Brooklyn. Um, yeah, this buyout market, to me, it needs a significant change. And, and I think we'll see one from uh, Adam Silver here uh, in this offseason or the next offseason because this is getting kind of ridiculous. And it really hurts these small market teams because, you know, they're getting in situations where Blake Griffin's coming into – to Detroit and you're over here saying, Oh, Blake Griffin's washed, Blake Griffin's washed. I don't think he's washed. I just think he wanted out of Detroit and that's the best way to get him out is, you know, play mediocre, play less minutes. And then his trade value drops. So no one's going to be spending these, this huge money on a huge contract and giving away these assets to bring him in. But you know, what works is he can get a, all of his money and then go join whatever team he wants for the minimum. And same with the Marcus Aldridge. We saw his minutes dip with San Antonio. Uh, we saw his numbers dip. And then they agreed that he wasn't going to play anymore. And then what do you know? Buy out. And he's able to go to clearly the most stacked team in the NBA. 
I think there's going to need a significant change in this buyout market. Uh, maybe a situation where teams are allowed to bid on these guys or, or maybe just eliminate the buyout market completely. They have to finish the season with the team that they're signed for uh, unless, you know, a trade could get done. I, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it uh, kind of makes things a little bit unskilled and unfair for other teams in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. This definitely really hurts smaller market teams. Um, and, and it definitely eliminates, you know, competition top to bottom for the league. Obviously, it makes you know, these big super teams that you can build that go up against each other. But it kind of eliminates all the hype during the regular season or the early playoffs. And everyone's just kind of focused on, like, right now, it's everyone's just like, oh, it's Nets versus Lakers. And that's kind of all the big buzz is about. So I agree. I would like to see them do something. Uh, I'm not a law guy. You know, I, I got no idea, you know, what would be the, the best way of doing it, going about it. But I definitely think some change is necessary for sure. Yeah, and a big topic to talk about is Kevin Durant, man. He's missed 27 straight games. Uh, this Brooklyn Nets team, realistically, I don't think makes it to the finals. There's tough East there's tough East opponents unless KD, you know, gets back into the lineup and, and he starts to kind of take over the team. Uh, but on the other end, we do have James Harden. He's been in MVP form. So this team's definitely stacked and you don't need KD to win games, but I think if they're going to really want to look to make it to the finals and potentially win a finals, KD's got to get back into rhythm. Uh, I know they're looking at him returning sometime this week, along with Harden uh, who's missed the last couple games. So and Irving's back. So this is this is going to be kind of the first look we see with all these new guys and, and them all playing together. Hopefully they can all stay healthy. And, and I'm going to be, you know, definitely interested to see what they can do. Yeah, I definitely think we'll be we'll be tapping into some of those games. I personally think there's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve because, uh, I mean, there, there hasn't been a ton of games with just the original three of KD, Harden and Kyrie playing together. Uh, and then you add two other guys like Griffin and Aldridge, which you kind of just throw in more eggs in the basket and trying to, you know, scramble them all up, figure out what's the best way to go about it. Um, but I, I agree when, when playoff time comes, you're going to have everything sorted. Obviously we'd like to see Katie and all them back sooner rather than later. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Yeah. So moving away from team specific things, we have a couple NBA topics to discuss. Uh, the first one is going to be, was Rajon Rondo being traded to the Clippers awkward after the Lakers and Clippers beef in the bubble? Um, I would say Rondo probably doesn't give a shit. It's it's Rondo. He's he's all business. He doesn't care. Uh, you know, he's a professional. He's been in the league long enough. Might there be some other guys in the locker room who, who felt some type of way probably before he went in there, I'm sure. But I'm sure within a few hours of the first practice or first whatever together, uh, you know, kind of all of that squashed in my opinion. Yeah, I like the take. I mean, obviously, you, you kind of heard the things that were going on in the Clippers locker room, and there was some some arguments and some yelling and all of that. And I definitely think Rondo's an instigator on the Lakers' end, so I definitely think he was kind of part of that. But like you said, Rajon Rondo's going to better your team, especially when it comes to playoff time. And I know the Clippers want to win, so I'm sure it was all squashed, like you said, first practice in. I want to move into another guy we're really high on, Damian Lillard, MVP. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not even debatable at this point. Uh, obviously, you know, Embiid missed a lot of time. Jokic is as great as he is. Like I said, Harden was in MVP form. But Damian Lillard, what he does day in, day out, he held that team afloat without CJ. CJ is now back, and Dame's still just carrying that team. So for me, it's undebatable. I know, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, I was telling everyone Dame will be an MVP in five years. And I was a couple years off, but, I mean, at the end of the day, an MVP. And he's been playing like one over the last couple years as well. So this isn't this isn't anything new for Damian Lillard. Yeah, I like the take. Obviously, Portland is still one of those small, smaller market teams relative to some of the guys you've been getting. 
these awards, but I, I would love to see him get it for sure. He definitely deserves it, especially like you said, no CJ. Obviously, Yusuf Nurkic has been out quite a bit. So, uh, you know, one man deserving of it, I would say definitely Damian Lillard's up there. Yeah, so let's talk about the Detroit Pistons just a little bit. Um, you know, they have Sekou Dababwe and uh, Killian Hayes. They're their longest tenured players on the team. Killian Hayes is a rookie this year. Sekou was a rookie <laughs> last year. And at the end of the day, the Detroit Pistons, when it's all said and done, turn Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris, and Reggie Jackson into a single second round pick as they currently sit last in the East at 14 and 35. I don't remember who was GM. I don't know who's GM now. But if I am the Detroit Pistons, you got a clear house, man, because what the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we kind of talked about the Blake Griffin thing and the, and the buyout market. Um, but a lot of their mistakes before that definitely, uh, you know, unacceptable. You definitely got a clear house. You you already said 14 and 35. Um, I don't know where you go from here with them. I guess you just hope that, you know, your, your two draft picks that you mentioned, those two guys can can really flourish and pan out and, and kind of turn the Pistons around. But this is just dismal for Detroit right now. Yeah, and then you let a guy like Christian Wood just walk in the offseason. I don't know I don't know what their thought process is. I don't know what they're doing over in Detroit, but it looks very bleak and I don't see, you know, unless Killian Hayes comes out and he's the next, you know, all-star guard, I don't see what, you know, what's next for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely rough to see and I think it's honestly going to be rough to see for quite some time personally. So another trade that happened uh, the Nuggets adding Gor- uh, Aaron Gordon. Do you think that this can propel them into a championship contender? I know, you know, they lost Jeremiah Grant uh, in the offseason, so this was kind of their replacement. Do you think Aaron Gordon can kind of push them into the contender uh, atmosphere? Oh, boy. Uh, I Maybe a – I don't know, man. I, I see him as being like a top four team in the West, still top three team in the West. Uh, you know, I got a healthy Lakers above them, uh, Clippers above them. Uh, you know, you got you got the Jazz who are just playing phenomenal. So, like fourth team in the West, I I, I don't quite see them being championship contenders. Do I think they got a little bit better with this? Yes, but I don't know. The West just for me is really really stacked at the tippy top. Yeah, I, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I love Aaron Gordon. He's a Bay Area kid, California raised, so we always got to show the respect there. Uh, Duke can absolutely ball. Uh, they losing Jeremiah Grant definitely hurt them. They did trade Gary Harris and RJ Hampton, some youth at the wing and guard positions that they're definitely going to miss. But this trade kind of allows Aaron Gordon to come in, play his role, pass the ball, score the basketball, play some solid defense. And you know what? It really opens the door up is MPJ. It lets him score the ball, which is what he does best. Uh, this, this trade I think is going to make them a lot better, more better than I think most people are thinking uh, currently. Championship-wise, I definitely think it makes them a contender. But like Garrett alluded to, there's other teams with superstars that, at the end of the day, if they're healthy, they're going to beat this Nuggets team. I would absolutely take the Nuggets over the Jazz. I think the Jazz are a bit overhyped, especially come playoff time. But uh, I I definitely think this trade improves the Nuggets. So who do you think is more likely to help turn around these teams who have not been performing well? Uh, Victor Oladipo going to the Heat or Evan Fournier going to the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, I think both of these moves are going to be great for both teams. Obviously, like you alluded to, they've been unperforming. We just talked about the Celtics being 25 and 25. The Heat aren't much better. The Heat were just in the finals. Celtics easily could have been in the finals last season. Uh, You know, I really like Victor Oladipo for the Heat. He's got something to prove. This Heat team is extremely hardworking. As we saw last year, they can make something happen from a little bit. They still got all their core guys. I I like this Heat team. I like Vic there. 
Uh, obviously, he's not the all-star he was pre-injury, but I definitely think that's a, a bigger move than uh, Evan Fournier to the Celtics. Yeah, obviously, I saw you know Fournier was kind of getting clowned after his first game, just playing absolutely terrible. The one thing I can say is the Celtics have really, really underperformed. Um, so I could just see that the Celtics have maybe have a little bit more room to grow, uh, and Fournier can kind of help them out. I do think both these teams are gonna you know finish the season out better than they've started. Uh, but I could really go either way with both of these teams. But I, I think I'm going to say Fournier a little bit better for the Celtics than Oladipo for the Heat. I like it. So uh, another thing, Isaiah Thomas signs a 10-day contract with the Pelicans. Uh, he will be wearing number 24, as I know, at Kobe Bryant. So respect there. Uh, do you think he's going to be able to stay on a, a roster? Maybe the Pelicans, maybe a different team, but you know, finish the season on a roster? <sighs> My only thought is, is, is really how much time are they going to give Isaiah? Um you know, obviously he's not going to be getting anything crazy like starter minutes, but if they're giving him 12 to like 20 minutes at the high and he can do something with it, uh, I could see it, but I could also see him, you know, maybe getting four or five minutes, maybe one DMP. And at that point, you know, I really don't think he's going to get anything from it. So I think it's really going to be up to the Pels. If they're going to give him time to play, I think he'll, he'll show that he can still play and he'll get on team. Uh, you know, if they don't give him time, then I, you know, I don't think he's going to go anywhere for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's definitely a tough situation, especially in New Orleans. Uh, they have rookie Kier Lewis, Nikolai Alexandra. Uh, we have Lonzo Ball. You know, they got a lot of guards there, so it's definitely going to be hard to, you know, squeeze him in. But I definitely think if he can get some minutes and show that he's still valuable, I know he said this is about the healthy he's been, healthiest he's been in his career, which is great to hear because when he was healthy, he was an absolute bucket. So I definitely think it's going to be, you know, throw him on the court, see what he can do. If he plays well, he's going to stick in the league. Uh, he's obviously talented. He was an MVP candidate, you know, less than four years ago. So that's so crazy to think. Yeah, he's he's a hooper. So if I if he's healthy and he can get minutes somewhere and he could stick in the NBA, I'd love to see it. So why don't we end with one final topic? My favorite time when we talk about basketball. It's Tommy time with your Kings. So first thing I want to ask you, was there any surprise moves you saw from the Kings before the trade deadline? Anything they did that really surprised you or, or didn't do that surprised you? Uh, nothing surprised me. They, you know, they made some quiet moves. A lot of people probably weren't paying attention. Uh, we had a Terrence Davis from the Raptors, DeLon Wright from the Pistons. Uh, both, both big moves, Chris Silva from the Raptors, uh, Mo Harkless. So we definitely got some guys, some really key role-playing guys off the bench. Uh, but no, no shocker. Maybe the fact that we didn't move any of our big names, maybe because I was expecting maybe to hear Harrison Barnes a little bit more. I was, you know, excited to see that Buddy stayed. I was excited that we kind of kept all the core guys that I love uh, on the Kings. But nothing surprising, but definitely a lot of great moves. I was definitely impressed at the deadline. So, so with the moves they make, what do you think is the Kings strategy moving forward the rest of this season? So it's clear that they want to win. Um uh, whether Monte wants to win or Vivek wants to win, somebody high up in the franchise wants to win. And I respect it, man, especially with this plan format. We don't know how long it's going to last. Could be this year. Could be the next 10. Could be forever. Who knows? But this is a time to get into a playoff-like scenario. And I would love to see the Kings in a winner-go-home game because I've never seen – or I shouldn't say that. Since, you know, I've been consistently – Being a super fan and being consistently into basketball – you know, I, I can't remember the last time I watched a true Kings team play to win the game. It's always, you know, nothing, nothing's like going to happen if they lose because, you know, they're never in contention. So I would love to see them make it to the playing game. I think that's what they're playing for. Obviously, we just lost two straight, but I think we can turn it around. All right. Another question for you. Obviously, LaMelo Ball out with, uh, I believe it's a fracture or a broken wrist. Um, does this mean that Tyrese can win rookie of the year this year? So like we talked about, it's all narrative based. 
Uh, and it looks like the narrative has been slowly pushed over to Anthony Edwards. Uh, do I think Tyrese is better than Anthony Edwards? And I think he deserves it more, 100%. Uh, but Tyrese has kind of moved out of the spotlight a little bit, and Anthony Edwards has seemed to move into the spotlight. So that definitely changes things up uh, quite a bit. Uh, I still think there's a chance LaMelo brings it home. I know there were some rumors that he uh, could maybe make it back right before the playoffs, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I definitely think it's Tyrese's award to lose at this point, but like I said, it is narrative-based, so I guess we'll see. And last thing, I just want to give a shout-out to Darian Dogeman and Player of the Week last week. Big to see from him. Uh, nice to see kind of the uh, the league showing some love to, to a small team like Sacramento who – who doesn't get much positive praise. Yeah, man. I mean, Fox is insane. Uh, he's clearly one of the best players in the league. Uh, shout out to YouTube channel Mike Korzimba. He actually posted a video about De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he's somebody who talks a lot about basketball, is really knowledgeable. And I think, you know, when we even just YouTube, if we can get big YouTube guys starting to acknowledge the Kings, that can help with uh, our fan growth and kind of our narrative boosting. Obviously, uh, at the end of the day, I'm fine being a fan of a team that doesn't have a ton of fans. But as far as the narratives and, you know, wanting my team to become better it's definitely going to come uh, with a little bit more media presence so shout out to Ke uh, mike corzimba check the video out uh shout out darren fox i said it a couple pods ago he is a superstar he skipped the star phase uh let's just keep it going keep him consistent and uh the sacramento he can he can bring this team to the playoffs single-handedly so so that's all we got for you guys this week thanks for listening we appreciate you guys all we are going to get more consistent i promise you just stick with us we will be one of the biggest shows out there you can hear it first. You heard it first. That is factual. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. And one love. Peace. Goodness. Tommy, Tommy made his first hot take 45 minutes into the show. <laughs>